Is Hazinu a song or is Hazinu a rebuke? Let's explore when they used to say Hazinu in the Beis Amikdash, how they used to say it, and what the Rambam teaches us about the significance of this particular format. Shiras Hazinu is from the Shiras Vostilvian Flegenzogen in Beis Amikdash al Shira al Korban. Hazinu is one of the songs that the Levim used to sing together when the community brought Korbanis in the Beis Amikdash. Vazelushena Rambam in Hilchestmilin Musafin. Look how the Rambam describes it. But Musfei Shabbos. Musaf on a Shabbos, Eimim Shiras Hazinu. The Levim would sing Shiras Hazinu, and they would do it in a particular format. V'cholkin Oisel Shisha Prokim. They would split it up into six chapters, which are abbreviated as Haziv Loch. Kederech Shakon Oisel Shisha Beisaknesis. And the Rambam says that those six divisions are similar. Oh, in fact, the same, and they're based on the way that we divide the parasha when we lay it in shul. So, Daphne Fashtem, we have to understand. Shiras Hazinu is doch toichna. What is the theme? What is the message of Hazinu? It's words of rebuke that Moshe gives to the Jewish people. In fact, it's such a rebuke that the Rambam has to show us an innovative halacha, which the Rambam tells us in Hilchas that generally speaking, when a person is called up to read from the Torah, he has to start on a good theme and conclude on a good theme. But then the Rambam tells us how we divide up Hazinu. And he goes through the first six aliyahs, which are the part of, the, of Hazinu that's actually the Shira. And he explains where we start and end each piece. On his Messiah, and then he tells us the Chiddush, the insight. Why, if we normally are supposed to end off a piece of Torah on a positive note, why here in Hazinu do we end on these less than positive notes? And he explains why. Because, because, because these are rebukes to encourage the Jewish people to do tshuva. And of course, we know that Hazinu is always around about Yom Kippur time, so it's to encourage us to tshuva. So that tells us that Hazinu is all about rebuke, in which case that seems to be different to, if not the opposite, of a song. Surely the theme of song and the theme of rebuke are different. Not only different, they're contrary, they're opposite themes. So how could Hazinu, which is a time of rebuke, an expression of rebuke, be called a shira, a song, to the extent that it's a song they sing in the bass amigdash together with the korbanis? Now you'll say, well, obviously, because the Torah calls it a song. Where it preempts Hazinu and Moshe Avinu says that he's going to uh, that he's going to inscribe or he's going to write, he's going to record this Shira, which so the Torah calls it obviously a song. Is the Ramban? So the Ramban tells us why is it called a song? It's called a shira because the way that the Jewish people would repeat the Hazin would be in a form of song. And in fact, the actual format that it's written in the Torah looks like a song. Because the nature of a song is that you have breaks to indicate where the rhythm and the tune goes. And that's exactly how Zinu is broken into two columns. In spite of the fact that it's called a song and that perhaps there's, there's tune and cantillation that goes with it, Okay, so there is a song element to Hazinu. Is that a good enough reason why the Levim should sing it as the great song of praise when they bring Korbanus and Musaf of Shabbos? Look at the other Psukim that were chosen to be the songs that the Levim would sing on the other days of the week with the Korbanus. And these are words that were not written in the original in the format of Shira and yet they were chosen to be the songs that accompanied the Korbanus. 
Why were they chosen? Because the content that they contain is praise and song to Hashem. On Let's start at the beginning on a Sunday. What did they used to sing? That Eibishta is the one who the whole world and universe belongs to. As the Gemara Rosh Hashanah tells us, Hashem because Eibishta took ownership of the world, and he gave that ownership to the to Adam and to the human beings. But Shalit by Lama, and Hashem is absolutely in control of his world. That's praise of Hashem that we're singing when we say Hashem Aretzim Loya. And you go through all the days of the week, week until you get to the, the song that they sang on Shabbos before Mosef. The song of Shabbos, either as the one Gemara says, because it's a song in Tamid that tells us because it's an indicating, uh, indicator of the time of Mashiach when the whole world would be in a state of Shabbos, or um, because it's to remind us that Hashem, so to speak, rested on Shabbos. It's still a praise of Hashem. Even in Shabbos afternoon, when they sang a song, what was it? It was Oz expressing Hashem's greatness. So all of the other shiros that accompany the korbanos are all on a theme of song and praise of Hashem. Here, Hazinu may have the format and style of a song, but the content doesn't seem to be praise and song. And even when the Torah describes Hazinu as this song, so the Targum Unkla says that what does it mean by song? It means praise of Hashem. In fact, it's on the list of the ten songs that were sung, famous songs that were sung in this world, starting from Adam Harishan singing praises to Hashem after he was forgiven for the Chet Etzadas, all the way to the song that Mashiach is going to bring to this world. So one of the songs is Hazinu. What's strange is that it doesn't seem to fit the partnership because all the other songs speak about greatness and miracles and goodness that Hashem has done. Starting from which Adam Rishon said as a song to Hashem when Shabbos came and protected him from the ill effects of the So we get to the tenth song which Hashem will soon sing with Mashiach. So Hazinu doesn't really seem to fit with the partners that it's been put with. It doesn't seem to have the theme of Shira. Why is it what was sung at Musaf on Shabbos in the Beis HaMikdash? Now the fact that Parashat Sahazinu generally is called a time of Shira, that we could explain. Because the Ramban tells us a part of what the song of Hazinu is all about is to reassure us about the Geula. That's a very positive message, which is something clarified at the end of the, the Shira Sazinu, as well as the fact that it is referred to at the beginning of the Shira as well. Okay, so that makes sense. That Hazinu is all about Moshiach. That would be a song. But here's the interesting thing. If the theme of Shira is to include also the promises of Moshiach, then it would have made sense to sing the whole Shira of Hazinu every single Shabbos at Musaf. But they don't. They split it up. On different Shabbases, you did different paragraphs. We just saw earlier from the Rambam that there are six paragraphs or six sections split over six Shabboses. And if that's the case, it's neat more than it already makes no sense. Because by the edge it makes sense when you're in the first segments of the Shira, which are on the theme of how much goodness and miracles and, and the kindness Hashem has shown the Jewish people. That makes sense. That fits the theme of Shabbos and of Shira. 
Und also ich die letzte Prakim, as well as the end part of the Shira, wo der Ebisch ist Maftiach, also wird sie nicht Michale sein, wenn der Ebisch promises that he'll never allow us, Chas Vesholem, to be decimated. Und als Sof Sof werden sie sicher sein zu der Gula, and we will actually get to greet Mashiach, is moving to the Shira Shabbat. There you can see the theme and the message of Shira, of song. Aber die Chalokim should be in time, but the intermediate sections. Was werden wegen die Jeride Gedeile von in den Jahren einig bekommen? Those are sections that describe the terrible decline spiritually of the Jewish people and the consequences thereof. We came in deep rock and beef and atzman on Nemel al Shira in Zerba Stimmt and Shabbos. So the Shabbos that you read, those negative paragraphs, how can you call that a Shira, a song? So even if you want to say that Hazinu in broad strokes has the elements of song, doesn't work when you start splitting it up into the individual Shabbosos, and some of those Shabbosos are on very negative themes. So, how is that the song in the Beis Amigdash at Musaf? Now, we already touched on the fact that there is this division of how you split Hazinu into these six different sections. We already looked at the Rambam, but the truth is there are various opinions. We're going to compare the Rambam to Rashi, because Rashi has a slightly different way of splitting it up, and we're going to see why the Rambam deliberately chose his. According to Rashi, the fourth Shabbos would go, which is Simon Vov Fun Haziv, right? Haziv Loch. So the Vov is the fourth letter that represents the portion for the fourth Shabbos. So Rashi says we'd read Fun that Hashem saw, and he was, so to speak, uh, provoked or, or angered. Simon Lamed Fun Loch. And then you read until the Lamed. What does the Lamed, according to Rashi, represent? If it were not for Hashem's anger towards our enemies, he might have directed the, enemy, the, the, the anger at us. So if you go with that division, the entire section is only focused on negativity. Hashem is provoked and angry, and then he doesn't release his anger on us only because he's got other people to be more angry at. And then, Following on from this, the fifth section, which would coincide with the fifth Shabbos, the way that Rashi divides it, would be from Lamed. You go from the Lamed of Lulei Kaas, right? The Lulei Kaas, which Rashi said was going to be the, the, you know, the next piece, that if not for Hashem's anger against our enemies, we'd be in a lot of trouble. B is Chof, until it gets to the Lulei which is Kiyod in Hashem Ami, that the is going to judge his people. Rashi says, what is the theme and the message of that section of the Torah? That Moshe Rabbeinu is warning the Jewish people that if they see that they face uncomfortable consequences, they should know why it's happening. That's because of their behavior. So Rashi has chosen the fourth and fifth parak to have quite negative connotations. Whereas the Rambam looks at it slightly differently. Let us say that Chaluka from Rambam, the Rambam says, is Horavim, the fourth section goes, Min Vayarashem Vayinot, starts in the same place where the Abishta is agitated against the Jewish people, but the Lama does not refer to, were it not, Lulei Kaas Oyev, if not Vashem's anger to the enemies, rather it's to the Pasuk Luchachmu, if people were wise, they would understand what's going on. Which obviously includes and goes past the Pasuk that says, were it not for Hashem's anger against our enemies, it might have been directed to us. So the, the reason why Hashem's not wiping out the Yidden, according to the Rambam, is not left to the next paragraph, but is actually kept in this paragraph. Were it not for Hashem's anger at others, we'd be in trouble. And then the fifth section, according to Rambam, is from where Hashem says, if people were wise, they'd understand what's happening. And it continues all the way to the Ebishter, so to speak, taking an oath to say, this is how things are going to happen. 
was in dem eingeschlossen die Psukken Kjordan Gömer Valavode Visnecham. So that means that the Rambam is including in the fifth, fifth section a little bit of a positive message, which is that Debesh is going to judge his people and he's going to show them that Avode uh, Visnecham is going, going to show them compassion. So the Rambam constructs the division in such a way that the fifth chapter will also ca- carry some of the positive messaging and the, the comfort that Hashem wants to extend to us. That implies the way the Rambam splits up the six sections of Hazinu and how they are divided over the six weeks that you would read them as the Shira of the Musaf of Shabbos. Not one of them was all Not one of them will only have a negative message. There'll always be something positive included as well. Either the positive message of why they won't allow our destruction, or the positive message that that is going to show us compassion. The way he constructs it is that sections four and five, the so-called middle sections, also have some kind of um, comforting message in them. Okay, that helps. Alpha begin his movement, but even then we can still say, I mean, I can appreciate, Okay, so you've woven in a little bit of a positive message into sections 4 and 5, which are overwhelmingly and rebuke. Okay, so just because you've stitched in a little bit of a positive message doesn't now suddenly turn them into shira, song. Even the fifth parak, which has this that Hashem is going to comfort and so forth. Because both in the fourth and the fifth parak, even in the way that the Rambam splits them up, the majority of psukim are on the theme of rebuke. How do you call that? A song. And you certainly can't call the fourth parak a, 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 a song because it is all rebuke because the fact that David is saying I'm not destroying you because I'm more angry at your enemies is actually a form of rebuke where basically David is just saying well the only reason that you're not completely wiped out is because there are worse people than you that's hardly a compliment so even in the Rambam's view as much as it's perhaps easier to relate to than Rashi's division or relate to the Shira element of it, it's still a bit of a stretch to call this Shira. The answer lies in the language that the Rambam used in describing how these Shiros were made because as the Rambam does, his wording is very precise and he gives us tremendous insight in his choice of words. And here we'll discover the insight. The Lashon HaGemorah Binyan is to appreciate what the Rambam is saying, we're going to compare it to what the Gemorrah says, and you'll see the Rambam changes certain things from how the Gemorrah said it. So let's look at the Rambam, uh, sorry, the, the Gemorrah. So the Gemorrah says as follows, Musaf of Shabbat, this is the Gemorrah in Rosh Hashanah, Musaf of Shabbos, what would they say? So they did a Hazinu, split up, as we've said, into the six sections, Hazivloch. Now this is important information because there the Gemara says, just like we divide the six sections of Hazinu for Musaf of Shabbos and the Beis Amikdash, that is how we will come to divide the way that we lay it when we read it in Shulon Shabbos. The Rambam does the exact opposite. In the Rambam is over the Loshen, Mamus Shabbos Eim Shiras Hazinu. So how does the Rambam say? First, he says we read Musaf on Shabbos. Well, Musaf Shabbos, the the, the Levim would sing these particular uh, uh, um, sections of Hazinu. And they split it into the six elements, six segments. 
Like we do in Shul. See, the Gemara said, we do it in Shul like they did it in the Beis Hamikdash. The Rambam says, we split it in the readings of the Beis Hamikdash like we do in Shul. We say one chapter per Shabbos. And then he says something else, which the Gemara didn't say. When the cycle is concluded after six weeks, then Chosin should go back to the beginning. So that shows us, Allah, firstly, the Rambam is Meshani. There's something in the Rambam's language which he changes from the Gemara's language. Two points. Number one, Aleph, Dem Seder and Yonim, the order. In Gemara Kedech Shechalukim Kan, Kachalukim Bebe Sakneses, as the Chaluka Bebe Sakneses is Kedech Viti Chaluka Kan, the Gemara's emphasis is that the Shul is modeled after the Beis Hamikdash. So just like the Beis Hamikdash reads it in six sections, so in Shul it's written or it's read in those six sections. Whereas the Rambam says the opposite. And the Rambam says, that the way they determine which segments to read in the Beis Hamikdash or to sing in the Beis Hamikdash was determined by how we divide it up when we lay in Shul. Second of all, a nuance in the language, the Gemara uses the expression Shechalukim, how it is di- divided up into six sections. Of a Rambam, Whereas the Rambam emphasizes that we read it in six sections. What's the difference between saying it is split into six sections or saying we read it in six sections? Surely you're saying the same thing. Why say it differently? In addition to that, the Rambam adds two things. There is Moisif. First of all, when he's describing how it is in the Beis Hamikdash, how the Levim sang at the time they brought the Karban Musaf, he says, So he says, you read Hazinu how based on the sacrament Hazivloch, Mashenkin Gemara State blows Hazivloch, whereas the Gemara just said Hazivloch without telling us it's specifically Shiras Hazinu. Second of all, you would have noticed it because it was glaring. And that is that the Rambam says after the cycle of six weeks, they go back and start again from the beginning, which surely was self-evident. By making these differences in both his language and adding things that the Gemara didn't say, the Rambam is helping to clarify for us the the parameters of what the shira, the shira of Hazinu is, specifically in the context of Musaf and Shabbos. The shira saperek b'chol Shabbos is nito, is nit ashira bifne atzmoi. What the Rambam is telling us, and this is critical information, is if you're on Shabbos 1 and you're reading that perek, that perek is not considered a self-standing, independent shira. Abazundar shira perek b'adam Musaf prati. Like a specific part of the shira that is specific to that Musaf. Nor, what the Rambam wants us to know is that each of the six weeks is part of a greater shira called Hazinu. That's what the Rambam is emphasizing. The Rambam is illustrating for us that all six segments are exactly that segments. It's together that they form the entity called the Shira, which Shira? The Shira of Hazinu. No, the Din Shira, but Musfi Shabbos, Efen Gavra, Dilevim, is Ein Perek. Now, practically, how do you play this Hefza out? How do you play out this entity of Hazinu? The people get to say one section each week. But the entity is a single entity split up over six weeks. To put it slightly differently, or to add insight, it's a single instruction that extends over six weeks. It is not six independent instructions. This week read this, that week read, re, uh, that week read this. 
And the Rebbe is the Rambam Dom Moisif of Madgish, and that's why the Rambam adds, and he emphasizes, that we sing the Shira Sazinu in the Beis Hamikdash like we read it in Shul. Why does he say that? The Mitzvah is a Madgish because he wants to emphasize not so much where you choose to break. Because that actually doesn't make a difference if you're basing the shul on the base amigdash or the base amigdash on the shul. Just tell us, as Loch. He's emphasizing something else, as does his Ein Tzivoy Kriya. That just like on Shabbos, where you have a single requirement to read the parasha, this Shiraz Hazino at the Musafim on Shabbos is a single requirement, even though it happens over six weeks. Pungfim Beisaknesis is Kirin Oisoshisha. Just like in shul, you read the parasha in six parts. Same thing in the base Hamikdash. It's one parasha that you read in six parts. Just happens to be in this case over six weeks. It is the shira of Azinu. It's just said in such a way that it is split into six. Then he says, and now you can understand the next point that the Rambam makes is when have you fulfilled the mitzvah? Of this particular Shira on Shabbos, when Gomru Hashira, when you conclude it, which takes six weeks. The Rambam needs us to know that, so you shouldn't imagine that each Shabbos is a standalone. It isn't. It's all one cumulative experience that takes six weeks in order to fulfill. Now that the Rambam has clarified for us that the mitzvah of singing Shira, Shira Sazinu, at the Korbanus Musaf on Shabbos is not a six part mitzvah. Uh, or six different mitzvahs, I should say. Rather, it's a mitzvah that comprises six parts. It's not that each one is a standalone. Because if each one was a standalone, you wouldn't necessarily have to return back to the, to the, to the original. You could have perhaps done them in a different order or, or, or not necessarily, um, <clears throat> you know, what, when you get to the end, you go back to the beginning, you might have gone to a different one. Now, the Rambam wants us to know that the whole point of, of Hazinu is it's one segment, it's one single segment split into six pieces. And that's why the Rambam tells us that when you finish the six, you have to go back to the beginning because the order is in order is the only way you can you can read the parasha properly. So what's the Rambam telling us, and this is very valuable information, is that the custom of reading or singing Shira Sazinu in the Beis Hamikdash is one song Hazinu over six weeks. Therefore, whatever the theme of that entire song is, is relevant all six weeks. So what is the overarching theme of the whole of Hazinu? Every detail within the song, which includes the parts that are rebuke, which are harsh sections because they speak about where we misbehave and the consequences thereof. Not only is the overarching theme of the whole of Hazinu to show that Debeshe is perfect in the way that he does things and everything that he does is justified and he's reliable and there's no corruption and everything is is Tzedek V'yosher. That's already a notion that we pick up right at the beginning of the Shira. Not only is that the message of Azinu, because that might give us a sense of, of, of praise for Hashem, but not yet the Shira and the great joy that, that Hazinu is going to bring us. Rather, the message of Hazinu is that whatever happens to the Jewish people, even the things that happen to the Jewish people that might feel uncomfortable or even negative, 
Tachlis. Hazinu tells us it's all to move us in a particular direction. Whatever the Ebesha does is to get us to a particular goal. And what is the goal? Digula Amitis Vashlem Bachis Ayomim Mashiach. Das heißt, die allen Yonim seine Schlovim in Seder Hoalias, das bringt die Schlemmes Atev Vayidin. In other words, the Hazinu illustrates to us that everything that happens in the world, everything that happens to the Jewish people, is just purely stages of getting us to the ultimate state, which is Geula. And obviously when the Geula happens, then the Eibesh's dominion over the world will no longer just be a theory that we believe in as Jewish people, but it will be a glaring reality that everybody has to acknowledge. So therefore, the whole Azinu is a, is a Shira. It's all a song, it's praise, it's beautiful. It's taking us to Moshiach. It's showing how the world and everything that happens in Jewish life is taking us to Moshiach. We probably still need to clarify this further because why to get to this point we need the Shira to be chopped up into six pieces. So the answer to that will lie within the deeper insight and understanding of what's going on over here. The fact that we sing, or the Levim sing this particular Shira over the course of six weeks is to correspond to the fact that there are six days of creation and each one of them has a song and a theme within that song. Let's understand it. Let's look at what are the songs that the Levim sang through the six days of the week. The first day that they, everything belongs to the Ebishter. The second that the is great and praiseworthy. Those are, all of them are messages of how you clarify and reveal godliness in our world. Look, it's Ebishter's world. Look, Ebishter is great. That's the theme of each day of the week. Shabbos Sober. Shabbos has a different message. When Shavas Mikol Melachtoi, when Eibushter, so to speak, rests, which basically means Elikus is Hechel from Melachtoi from Debriah. That means that we're now revealing a component of Hashem that Hashem is not just great because He controls the world and made the world, or or is the King over the world. But there's an element of Eibushter which is completely beyond any relationship to the world. Shabbos is linked into not revealing Hashem through the components of the world so you appreciate nature, you appreciate Hashem's control, but rather that you reveal a much deeper dimension of Godliness which is associated with those elements that live in this world but are fundamentally beyond the world, namely the Jewish people and Torah. Now we've already identified that there are six different songs that we sing during the six days of the week to effectively describe six different elements of Debish's interaction with and control over the world, which reveals Hashem in the world. So then the Shabbos component, which talks about the additional profound awareness of Hashem that is introduced into the world through the Jewish people and Torah also has six elements and components to it. Because ultimately that is what the goal and purpose of Hazinu is. Back in Parashas Vayelich, Moshe Rabbeinu already told the Yidin what is the purpose of the song to be testimony to and about the Jewish people. This song will be evidence to the fact that the Ebishter will never be forgotten from his people and of course will never be forgotten by the Ebishter. So let's make this comparison between the six different songs that were said by the Levim during the week and the six elements of the song that's reserved for Shabbos. On Sundays they would say that everything belongs to the Ebishter as the Gemara tells us that the Ebishter took and then shared his world with us but is absolutely in control of it. 
was der Teuchen ist, als die Welt ist ein Ebenschenskinien. Und er ist der Schalit Wuchulei. Message of here is, the world belongs to the Ebenschen, the Ebenschen is in control. Also, in dem ersten Perik von Hazinu, was er hat, er geht zu Yisrael Vatera. So, the first part of Hazinu gives a similar message about the relationship between the Yidden and Torah. So, the Ebenschen um, owns the world and controls it. And a similar message with regards to Yidden. Yarev Kamotar Likhi, that Debish is going to let his wisdom, Torah, rain down on the Yidden. Shani Oymer Bifnechem Torah, Shana Satali Sol Shichaim Lo'ilam Chulei, which means that Debish gives Torah to us in order to give life to the world. And the end of the first section of Azinu maybe makes this most clear where it says, That Debish is your father, that Debish is the one who owns you, who made you, who, um, um, who, who, who who fashions you. In other words, the message is that we as Jewish people have a very deep, meaningful, personal connection to the Ebishter, similar to what the Ebishter said, to what Lashem Rotsam tells us, that the world is the Ebishters. What's the message of the Monday? That Debishter is great and praiseworthy in his world. The Gemara tells us that he divided up the various elements of his world and became king over them. There the message is that Debishter is revealing his power into the world, into our, into our existence. We're going to see that reflected in the second part of Hazinu, which says, that Debishter splits up and controls, so to speak, the various nations of the world. And we are unique. We're the ones who are a portion of Hashem. In other words, there's a division. We're separate from all other nations. In what way? Because we accepted Debish's Torah and authority and his yoke. And how much greatness and goodness and kindness Debish has done for us. What all, all of that will create is that only exaggerates and only highlights Debish's praise in our world. So we're seeing a complete match between which, um, <coughs> which of the, of the uh, six, what, what are the messages of the six different paragraphs that we read and sing in the Beis Amigdash during the week and how they relate specifically to the Yidin in the six sections of Shabbos. Let's look at the third one. The third day of the week is where we say that Debishter dwells within the so-called congregation of Hashem, referring uh, to the Abish's to the judgment. So now you're talking about Elikim, and now you're talking about Mishpat, now you're talking about judgment, you're talking about all the things that conceal godliness from the world. Besides the fact that we know that the name Elikim is always a protector, a visor, a concealment over the name Havai, like the Pasuk tells us, just like the sun has its shield, so Havai has the shield of Elikim. That's why Elikim has the same gematria value as the word for nature, because there is master if because it blocks our view of the name Havai, which is beyond nature. Besides that, that Elohim is associated with the Gemara, uh, with uh, Gevura and with concealment, the Pasuk itself shares the same message. That the Gemara tells us what's the message of this particular paragraph and why do you say it on the third day of the week? Because it's alluding to the fact that the Abisha brought the world into existence through his wisdom and he prepared the world for his people. 
which is basically telling us that there was initially a concealment and then the Gemara says the Ebishter reveals his world. He creates revelation, creates awareness where previously there wasn't. What happens over here when you have this great revelation, this what we call Alma Deskasya, this, this, uh, this re- reality of, of closeness to Hashem. So as is explained in various places in Hasidus, the beings that live in that Alma Deskasya have such closeness to Hashem, they're one with their reality, just like a fish is one with the water. So in order for there to be our earth, right, to pull away the water and reveal the, the, the land which lies within it. So we, what, what happens over here is you suddenly, the Ebishter is hiding that, that perspective of being absolutely one with Hashem and instead allowing us to have a sense of giloy, a sense of our own existence. And that allows us to become Eretz, to become worldly. So the whole message over there is that the obvious nature of godliness is concealed and that's how we have our world with all its distractions. That's reflected in the third parak of Hazinu, which is all about that the uh, that, that, that the Yidden have, have landed up in a place of, of Helem, of disconnect from Hashem. To the extent that they even forget about the Ebishter. The fourth day is all about how the Ebishter is going to take revenge. What does revenge mean? Says the Gemara, because that's the day that the sun and moon were created. And that eventually the Ebishter is going to punish those who chose to serve the sun and the moon instead of to serve him. That's Kelnakomos, the so-called vengeance of Hashem. Well, that's a message about the Ebishter's so-called punishments. It's reflected in the fourth part of Hazinu, which is... Exactly that, speaking about the punishments that could befall the Jewish people if we don't listen to what Hashem wants. The first day is all about singing and praising the So the fifth part of Hazinu speaks about the comfort that the is going to give us, which is going to bring us to praise and, and, and uh, acknowledge Hashem. On the sixth day on a Friday, the Levim used to sing, How the Ebishter puts on these so called garments of glory and grandeur. And so, in the sixth section of Hazinu, we speak about the Geula, where obviously the Ebishter is going to be revealed in all his grandeur. Because the Ebishter's dominion over the world will be absolutely not only apparent, but with its full glory and grandeur. So with that in mind, we could say, Sometimes you have something that comes to teach us, and at the same time, we actually learn more about it through its teaching. And we've already pointed out that the whole of Azinu, albeit in six different pieces, is a single message and a single song and a single direction towards the Geula. We learn from this that we learn about the six and possibly even the element that's specific to Shabbos, the different shirim, shirois that the Levim used to say in the base Hamikdash are they're not just separate pieces of Tilim, but each one allocated to a particular day. Nor but they also put together a single song of praise and, and awareness and insight <coughs> inside uh, to, to the Abish's control of the world. With this in mind, 
then we should be able to understand specifically the fourth day, which we've already said in Hazinu is the harshest day of the lot. And in the songs that the Levim used to sing on a, on a weekly basis, the Wednesday was also Kelnakomis about Abish's vengeance. And that Abish created the celestial beings that people could serve and Abish will punish them for doing so. So now we have perspective that this is not a standalone piece which talks about how the Abish is going to punish those people, those delinquents who decided to serve the sun and the moon, etc. But it's actually part of the theme, a theme that stretches over all seven days of the week. It's not like there's some vindictive plan that the Abish has to punish idolaters, but rather that that will be part of when you see the idolaters being brought to task. That is part of what reveals the Abish in the world, which is the ultimate goal and purpose of these shirois to get us to awareness of Hashem. So Parshat Zazinu very often coincides with Shabbat Shuvah. So therefore it must have a lesson which is specific to this time of the year. So when do we often lay in Hazinu like this year in Shabbat Shuvah? So that tells us that Hazinu will now not only just have a broad association with whatever the theme of the Sesame Shuvah is, but as we already mentioned, that we would read these things at this time of the year and we would stop at these particular places, as the Rambam says, to invoke a sense of tshuva between us. So that would obviously be a theme that fits the whole of us. But the fact that Hazinu, or when Hazinu coincides with Shabbat Shuvah, it highlights for us not just the avoid of Shuvah, but the specific kind of Shuvah which is unique to this time of the year, and even more unique to Shabbat Shuvah. What's the difference between Shuvah during the week and Shuvah on Shabbos? So the distinction is, we primarily during the week focus on the lower entry level of Tshuva. Whereas Shabbos, which has the same letters as Toshev, which is to return to the Ebesh, allows us access to a higher, more developed type of Tshuva. The truth is, you could actually draw the same distinction between Shuvah during the rest of the year and Shuvah during Asesimei Shuvah. So Asesimei Shuvah already puts us in the realm of Shuvah Elah. As Bechol Yomei Sashon is Bechol Yomei Sashon is Bechol Yomei Shuvah is the Ikin in our Shuvah from Shuvah Elah. Generally during the year we're focused on the lower Shuvah and on Asesimei Shuvah we are automatically focused on the higher Shuvah. But it's been well discussed as the Iker Shlemus Avoid of Chuva Ilob Asesimei Chuva is Bishavas Chuva. That although the whole of Asesimei Chuva offers us the opportunity for higher Chuva, the Shabbos Chuva does so even more so. And so therefore the theme of Chuva Ilob has to be specifically linked into Shabbos Chuva. So what is the real difference between the lower and the higher Chuva? The access to lower, to entry-level chuva is primarily a sense of heartbrokenness and remorse. Which is associated with a sense of bitterness. Whereas chuva law is with tremendous, tremendous simcha. Which of course is alluded to by the fact that Hazinu is a song. Because he's in Yonish and This is a song that is 
also on the theme of rebuke and things that will encourage people to do tshuva. And yet, even though it has these, me- these messages about doing tshuva and about regret, etc., it is still called a shira. And where, where does it play a role? The levim sing it as a song that accompanies the communal korbanis. They do it with a full orchestra. That's real simcha. That's why a song usually requires wine, because a person has to be in a real sense of simcha. In fact, there's an opinion that says, where do we learn the principle of simcha when it comes to, sorry, the, the principle of shira that you've got to sing today, Bishter, is in the Teichachah, where it says that things might befall us because we didn't serve Hashem with true simcha and a gladness of heart. So the Gemara tells us, what kind of avoid us Hashem is an avoider that includes simcha, singing. So that would be the link between hazinu, which is on the one hand a message of tshuva, yet on the other hand it's encased within a song, and, and Shabbat Shuvah, which is all about this tshuva ilah, which is with simcha. So there now what we've explained now, based on the Rambam's analysis and, and what the Rambam teaches us about the nature of Hazinu and how it's split over those weeks. Hashiris Hazinu is in Yonah Tshuva Ilo, and now we've explained that it means that Hazinu is the message of Tshuva We can actually link that principle back to the actual words and, and, and messages and themes of Hazinu. The simplest reason why they had to record this Shira says the parasha, is given that it should stand there as testimony. An edus of Torah mitzvahs, a reminder that we have to commit ourselves to and observe Torah mitzvahs, does haste as the shira tutuf ba'idin lekim v'chayus in guns Torah mitzvahs. In other words, the purpose of this shira, al pipshat, is to keep the Jewish people excited and enthusiastic and joyous about keeping Torah mitzvahs. Even though the pasuk that says you should write the shira is the one from which Chazal derive as his from that we learn the 613th mitzvah, which is that every one of us is supposed to write a Torah scroll. Yet even though the Torah is telling us that we have to write a sefer Torah, it calls it this shira, not just shira, this shira. Which simply means this shira, shira sazinu. In fact, Rashi says it. You should write a sefer Torah that includes this song. Because the shira, the joy, the song, that is the testimony that's going to keep us focused and that will be remain committed with enthusiasm to the Torah. We see this especially highlighted in the fact that the whole Shira Sazinu is not only in a single parasha, but in a single chapter. And which chapter? Kapitel Lev, the 32nd chapter of Devarim. Lev represents the whole Torah, as we well know. Torah starts with the letter Beis. And concludes with the letter Lamed, which is Lev. So therefore, the fact that Hazinu is in the 32nd parak Lev, that implies that it actually represents the entire Torah. So it's more than that. As the uftu for the shira is eich in alev kipshutoi, the impact of shira, this shira, Hazinu, on Judaism, is like the impact of the heart on the body. 
Was geschehen mit den Kindern von ganzen Gefäßen Just like the survival of the whole human anatomy depends on a healthy functioning beating heart. So the whole of Judaism is dependent on this testimony called Azinu. Das der Leif von der ganzen Torah, that is the heart of the whole Torah. Und das ist der Teichenoinien von Tshuva. And that's really what Tshuva is all about. Aber Frat Tshuva Eloi, especially when we're talking about this higher level of Tshuva, which is specifically available to us uh, during our system of Tshuva and on Shabbat Tshuva. Was mein nicht Tshuva gashmius mehr Averus. It's not just simply that we do Tshuva because we did something wrong and we have to correct it. Now, derech in Avedus Hashem. This is an entire approach to how you serve the Ebrister. As an Avedus lahashiv, as an Nefshim kari v'shoshal ledovko boy, like the Altarebbe says, that it's a whole approach of bringing an Hashemah back into a deep, meaningful connection to Hashem. Was Tshuva gitem kiyum v'chais and Avedus from Torah mitzvahs. That Tshuva infuses first stability and enthusiasm into all of our Judaism, like we said, Hazinu does to the whole of Torah. And that's how Tshuva impacts us. We always use the expression Tshuva or Maisim Tovim, that through doing Tshuva, all of our Maisim, all of our mitzvahs that we do are much brighter and much more meaningful and much more good, actually, than, than usual. As we well know, if the Jewish people do Tshuva, the Gemara assures us that then we'll have the Gula, the Gula Protis from Yedin Eden, firstly, the personal emancipation of each individual. And then, of course, each of us is able to attain the conclusion of our proper signing and sealing on Yom Kippur for a good year. And that will bring us to the broader Gula, the Gula the ultimate Gula, then there'll be the ultimate song, a song that is in the masculine, a, an eternal gula that will never be followed by any further goddess, and that should happen immediately.